Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm here with Jeremiah Lee, and we are with Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm, and we're located in Riverside. We serve the Inland Empire. I'm a certified financial planner as well as Jeremiah, and uh, Jeremiah has the additional distinction and certification. He's an attorney, and he helps our clients with not only financial planning, but also helping them with other legal things besides. If you'd like to know more about our firm, I really encourage you to go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com, or just simply call. Uh, phone number is 951-684-7011 for more information. Now, every week, I, we divide our program into basically three segments. Uh, the first one is retirement update. The, third, the second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today in Retirement Update, you know, Jeremiah, I just, we've had so many conversations in the last week or so about Social Security, and it is amazing the complexity of Social Security, when to take it, when not to take it, spousal benefits. You know, it's, it's from age 62 to 70. Some advisors call this the Retirement Opportunity Zone. And it is so critical for people to understand their options under Social Security. There's over, you know, I've explained to people, there's over 2,700 rules that deal with Social Security. No wonder the average public is completely, you know, they're just, they're not quite sure exactly what they should do. Yeah, I find a lot of people when we talk about Social Security are going by some sort of a rule of thumb. Right. You know, I heard this, or aren't you supposed to do that? Um, and when it comes down to it, it's very specific to each individual's needs and each individual situation. There are some common good choices, right? There's right. some common systems and methods and selections. But to your statement, there are so many rules and, and options that really it gives a great opportunity for an individual's planning. Yeah, I think the, I think the biggest um, thing that most people need to know is what their full retirement age is. Mm. That is a critical age. And I guess, what, what is it? Explain the full well, retirement Well, the Social age. Security sets up and it's based upon when you were born and they set up when your full retirement age benefits. That means that you can continue to work and you can earn as much as you want to earn on a salary, do whatever you want, and you still receive your full retirement benefits. Mm -hmm. Now for the generation right now that's, that is approaching um, Social Security benefits, their full retirement age is typically 66 in some few months, whatever, depending upon when they were born specifically. But that's a critical, that's a critical date uh, for benefits, but not only for the worker, you know, in, in most cases, it could be the husband, but not always. The, the wife is involved with this too, but her full retirement age 
when she starts to receiving her spousal benefits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So retirement is most people know retirement benefits from social security can be taken as early as 62 and as late as 70. You can start at that time. If you take it before full retirement age, which is usually 66, 67, there's a reduction in your benefit for the rest of your life. It's a permanent reduction. So when you lock on, and this is what most people don't realize, they when they lock on early, that's it. I mean, they're, they can't go back. I mean, there's a chance to repay it, but nobody does it. I yep. haven't seen anybody that goes back and, and starts over, so to speak. Yep. You know. Yep. And often it would people, we, we have clients come with a rule of thumb to say, aren't we supposed to take it at full retirement age? Right. Isn't that just what we do? We wait till 66, 67, somewhere in there. And, and the answer to that is, you know, that, that's better than taking it early. Right. But then the question is, what's ideal for your situation? And often it's when, when you have a married couple, at least, having one spouse kind of delay, mm-hmm. having them delay to get a, a larger benefit. I think you had a client recently that you kind of walked them through their situation. What, what right. was that one? I mean, again, it's, it was the spousal benefits. And in this particular situation, the wife is older than the husband. And she is a stay-at-home mom and he is continuing to work. So he's looking at his retirement date. So we just really started to take a good look at it. She started her benefits early on her her benefits. And then she didn't quite understand that she had additional spousal benefits and she can drop, she can actually add on her spousal benefits when her husband starts his benefits. And so his question to me was, I should take social security now when I retire, which will be sometime next year. So we'd start doing calculations and there was, he wanted to continue to work but not with his not with his his current employer. He has another job opportunity. So you have all these factors that kind of come into play. And what is the best outcome? Yeah. You know? And for most people, the, the the benefit of waiting till say you're seventy and getting a larger amount of money, but delayed, is if if you live past eighty three or so. You know, it depends. It's kind of the break even point. It's it? kind of break even. So if you live into your nineties, then delaying to seventy is usually a good idea. If you pass away before. You know, let's say early 80s, uh, then taking it early would have been better. And the, the, the idea of, of what do we do then? You know, no one knows right. when we're going to pass away exactly. So for every couple that we kind of walk through, we, we do an analysis. We look at, you know, should one spouse take it now and one delay? The, the major benefit of that type of structure is at the end of life, you can take the, the one who delayed that larger benefit the, the surviving spouse can elect to have that one. So having at least one spouse delayed is usually beneficial, but not always. Yeah, I have a, I have a client um, and she's now in her, she's now in her 70s. Uh, she's early 70s, but she's a widow. And so what she did while she was still working is she did not take her benefit. She took her husband's benefit and continued to work. Again, that full retirement age is a big factor in there to receive the benefit and don't get a reduction. But she did that and continued to accumulate Social Security benefits on her income. Then at 70, she dropped her husband's and took hers. Well, it was a rel- it was a not insignificant difference. It was a it was a big number. It was a couple thousand dollars a month difference. So it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that that regular income in retirement can make a big difference for a lot of folks. Even if they have mm-hmm. retirement savings, even if they have a pension, that Social Security element um, to maximize that and get the most that you can is, is beneficial. And it's money that you've paid in. And it's, it's part of our our system. Um, that yeah. you've been contributing to. And I think the, the one of the biggest things I, we try to get across to people is that don't depend upon Social Security to analyze your, your stuff and analyze your income and your provisions and such and come up and help you with a better answer. They don't. In fact, there's articles that we read all the time that Social Security independent auditors go in and take a look at it. And Social Security, they're obviously making 
they make errors, but oftentimes it's not in favor of the beneficiaries. It's in it's in favor of the institution, you know. Yeah, without asserting they're malicious in any way, but just right. they have a lot that they're doing. And so the example being if there's a, a husband who passes away and, and a spouse is continuing, there could be a moment where she could jump over to his retirement, her social security benefit if it was higher. Well, there's a proactive step that needs to be taken to alert social security that I'd like to jump over to this one. At times social security can alert them, but often there's just too much of a bureaucracy to be yeah, able to they, do that. And they just don't. I mean, bottom line is we've seen, I've seen one client in particular I can think of where she, her husband passed away and she was entitled to his social security, but didn't get it. And, but she had a pension, so she didn't even think about it. All of a sudden we stopped and took a look at it and went, wait a minute, you should be taking your husband's social security. Well, they only went back like a couple of years. I mean, mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't recapture that other year that she was really entitled to. At least she got, she's getting the, the benefit now, but it was kind of surprising. Um, Social Security went, oh yeah, we made a mistake, but they only went back a, a short period of time in order to give her that additional benefit. Yeah. So I think the takeaway for a lot of folks is, is that this is an opportunity. It's not something to be overwhelmed with the details, right. but it's an opportunity to get it right and to really maximize your benefit. Yeah. If you'd like to know more about this subject, of course, we would be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. It's, it's not simple and straightforward, and we think it takes some planning to make sure you're making the right choices and right decisions. So give us a call at our office at 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. You know, Jeremiah, we want to talk about uh, I want to talk about Afghanistan mm -hmm. and I, you know, I refer to it as Biden's debacle, but you know, I think what is puzzling to some clients is why didn't the stock market react more negatively when all of a sudden this thing just kind of turned into a mess over there, yeah. you know? Yeah. A lot of it we've been talking with clients and internally that, you know, Afghanistan is a humanitarian crisis and it's a geopolitical crisis. Absolutely. However, it, you know, in looking at the stock market and the, you know, the size of Afghanistan's GDP, the impact they have on the world as far as a, a trade partner. Um, you know, this is not necessarily an economic event. Yeah. I mean, again, if you look at their gross domestic product, I mean, there's a lot of different numbers out there, but Afghanistan's uh, gross domestic product, and there's, that's what they produce as an economy, is somewhere between 18 billion to like $50 billion. And that number may seem like a large number, but when you compare it to the United States, we are a $21 trillion economy. 
And so for most major developed countries, Afghanistan is is kind of a forethought. It's not even it's, it's an afterthought. We don't yeah. even think about it from that standpoint. Yeah. And the, and the bigger ones that we've been talking about internally is not the, the economics of Afghanistan, but the geopolitical of right. Afghanistan. We, we won't go too far into that, but it, it's different than if there's an issue in China, if there's an issue in Iran. Right. Those would be different issues. Even though they're both geopolitical, they likely would impact the economics. And we would expect, you know, if there were issues with China or issues with Iran, that there could be you know, stock market impacts. But with Afghanistan, we're not seeing that currently, nor do we expect to see it based on the economics of Afghanistan. Like I said, there's geopolitical impacts of Afghanistan that could get priced into the market, but generally we're not seeing it move on the economics. And, and I know this is hard for most of our listeners to believe, but you know, America's twin deficits you know, in the federal budget and the trade normally, it would be normally negative and it would be negative for our currency. And so the geopolitical tensions likely will make uh, you know, it would, would, you would think it would make the dollar less valuable, but in fact, what's happened is the dollars become more resilient and the strengthening of the dollar from that standpoint, or at least the, the acceptance of the dollar even becomes more so, you know, you would think with through all of this, I mean, what we have to look at is again, America is still the major economic contributor to the world. And even though none of us um, that I've talked, nobody I've talked to right now believes that what Biden did with Afghanistan was right. Uh, they may want to see a withdrawal from Afghanistan, but the way it was done was so bad. And uh, the human cost was just immense. And I think we're still going to see a lot of that in time. But when we look at it from an economic standpoint, it isn't as it just it, it just doesn't have a really a, a, a clear I guess I guess the negative impact on our economy is virtually zero. Yeah, and part of this too that you were mentioning the the U.S. currency that part of it what shores up is that China is having an economic slowdown. I mean, a lot of the world is slowing down, but right. China specifically is having a slowdown, which is a, allowing the dollar you know to remain as a the world's currency. Yeah, um, and with that strong demand, it shores up um, America's not just our. Um, economics at the moment, but also that part of the geopolitical importance um, is shored up. So we'll be talking more, I'm sure, about Afghanistan as we go forward. The, like I said, there's the massive humanitarian issue and a massive geopolitical concern, but the economics are, are just not the the pull. And, and the concern that we have when we talk about it is we look to China and we look to other countries to say, how will this play out to a country that really will impact the economics of, of the United States. Yeah. And we're seeing, you know, of course, a lot of the conversation we're having is about inflation and whether or not it's embedded or whether it's transitory. But in actuality, what's happening is we're starting to see commodity prices come down. You know, lumber prices have retreated from their high as well as oil prices have come down somewhat. But just about across the board, you know, copper, iron, a lot of the key components for our building blocks, particularly for industrial and, and running factories and such. So it, it, you know, some of the things we talk about is the consumer sentiment, and we have to measure consumer sentiment along with consumer reality is what I mm. call it. People are, are start are buying and, yep. uh, you know, people talk about, well, we got this inflation and the amount of money that the government is printing and, and surely there's got to be a collapse of the of the dollar and it's going to be have this negative, negative impact down the road. And I think everybody is surprised people who are not economists. Uh, or be dealing directly with uh, with investing like what we do, they're really surprised that the that the market is still doing pretty well and it's holding up real well. Right, a lot of these impacts are not hitting the market in ways that they would anticipate. Even a good example being the grocery stores. Right, the grocery stores prices are going up, and we have a client we spoke to recently. He was indicating that he sees prices continuing to climb, 
But that, and that's what people feel. They feel it yeah. in the day they go to the store and the bill is just bigger. So they say, I see inflation everywhere. But some of the, the larger pieces, you know, oil, lumber, ones you mentioned, they spiked and they've come back down. We're still seeing a lot of spikes throughout the economy, but we're seeing them come back down. So I'm not sure if food will you know, stay up and stay high. You know, we had the toilet paper crunch last year. Um, I'm not sure about those ones specifically what will happen, but there is a disconnect between the felt inflation that people right. are running into and the larger economic drivers that, that could be, we use it this this base inflation if it sticks around. Yeah, again, inflation affects the lower segment, the lower income segment of the economy, the, the people at the rank and file, the down at the lower end, much more than, than the larger. I mean, in other words, the higher income and the higher asset-based companies or individuals. But as, as same, I mean, probably inflation is the biggest threat is to retirement, fixed income. Mm-hmm. So the Federal Reserve is... They're looking at it, but it appears from this stage going forward that we do not see. Um, again, <laughs> I always I always kind of laugh when clients go, but how can that be? But the reality is, bond prices are a strong indicator of future inflation, and uh, the ten-year bond is actually pretty low considering yeah. all the money that we're printing. That's right, and it's tied to more than just you know the price of groceries. Right, it's tied you know these international interests, the fact that the whole world is still using dollars. It's it's a large complex system, and that's what makes it difficult difficult to determine what what's going on. That's why we keep watching it. You know, with our clients, we keep having conversations, and we keep watching key indicators so we're ready to respond when we see um, a clear trend. And I mean, again, you have uh, Jerome Powell. He's speaking at Jackson. He spoke at Jackson Hole this week, and I'm sure most people are you know they they wait they waited for every word that he says mm-hmm. and every kind of clearing of his throat. But at the end of the day. You know, there's really no significant change that he's made uh, that's going to change the outcome as far as what the Federal Reserve. They have two mandates. One of them is inflation. The other is employment. And as employment continues to improve, inflation right now isn't something that is um, um, at the top of the agenda. It's something he's they're aware of. But none of the governors are really stating that we got to raise interest rates. Um, I think we'll see that in time. But for as far as the probably for the portion of this year, from what we're indicating, what we're getting from the people that we talk to on a regular basis, we don't see really interest rates going up that much over this period of time. I mean, like in the next six months or so. Do yep. And we'll keep watching it as we always do. Yeah. But you're right. At the moment, we're, we're kind of holding steady. Yeah. So if you'd like to know more about what we do and how we do it as um, as far as asset management for our clients, uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, phone number is 951 951- Six eight four seven zero one one. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as News You Can Use. You know, Jeremiah, I was reading an article, I pulled this out, I thought this would be something that we could share with our listening audience and with our clients. 
And it's the, the title of the article is The Six Concepts You Should Know to Be Financially Literate. Now, I'm sure this will be something that everybody will rush in and ask for. But if you want, if you would like to have a copy of this, we'd be more than happy to send you out a free reprint of it. But the article is just practical. Mm -hmm. It talks about things that every household should at least have some discussion with, like understanding, you know, good debt versus bad debt, you know, credit utilization, liquidity, pay yourself first. These are really good concepts. Yeah, they're great, great terms and things I think as we go through this, just to, to run through for everybody that they may have some sense of them, but to really walk through. So let's, let's jump in. The first one I like here is compound interest. Right. And a lot of people know what that means, but basically when you invest in something, you get some interest. Um, so if you invest a hundred dollars, maybe you get $10 back. So now you have $110 right. and that next year you're getting an investment on 110. So you get $11 back. And as, as it goes forward, you're actually building and you're getting earned money on, on money that you didn't put in initially. You know, it's, I've seen this, I've seen it flesh out. I mean, I've seen people who have literally, I've been able to look at their portfolio and kind of get a bird's eye view of it over like through 30, 40 years. And it's amazing to me, the growth of a portfolio, mm -hmm. staying invested, but just letting it continuing to grow. Yep. And that compound interest is, it, it, they, some, some people call it the miracle. Yeah, it's nearly magical you know, right. in, what, in what, what they do. But so compound interest is a, is a great aspect. And as you invest and you leave things invested, you're able to earn more on the earnings you made last year. It's great. Another one uh, is credit utilization. I think this is a great one to talk about. So everyone knows you have a credit score. If you're planning to get a mortgage or buy a car, um, any sort of credit card, they're going to pull your credit score. Right. And one of the pieces of that is, is credit utilization. And that is basically how much of your total available credit are you currently using? So example being, if you have one credit card that has a $10,000 limit and you're using 5,000 of that is used, you've, you've spent it you're using 50% of your available credit. Well, a lot of people, when they try and clean up their credit, they think I need to cancel my credit cards. I need to get rid of some of these. That's actually a, a poor choice. Having open and available credit cards that you don't use actually expands your available credit. So you might have three or four credit cards and have you know $50,000 worth of available credit, but now you're only using that same 5,000. Right. That's a very different ratio. And, and of that 30% of your credit score is based on how much of your credit you're using. That, that's a huge part of it. Right. And so again, you know, FICO scores, you know, the credit scores are, are kind of a mysterious thing for most people. They think that they get rid of their credit, they get rid of their debt, they actually would end up with a better score. But like what you're saying, it, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, you know, I, again, for some of you, you may say, well, this I really don't need. I'm retired. I have my money, my income, everything else. You know, what I would look at this as a teaching moment for a younger generation. So if you have a grandchild or a child, this would be a really good article for them. So we'd be more, like I said, we'd be more than happy to send it out to you. Uh, but again, it talks about like credit utilization, but you know, like pay yourself first is a concept in here. That is, I have to tell you, it, it's people pay the bills, they pay everything else, but oftentimes they don't save. you know, and it's, it's really critically important that they do that. Yeah. To say you're, you're investing in your future self, you're investing in who you want to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that, that vacation that they, it's not consumption paying yourself first. Right. It's, putting it away before you go to your consumption, before you go to the fun money for the month to see right. what you can do, you put an amount away that you're kind of paying your future self. Another item I like here a lot is liquidity. Mm. Um, and this is a, a one that, that people will look at their balance sheet, say if they own a home and they have equity in their home and they'll say, I've got lots of money. Mm. But in order to get that money out of your home, you, you've got to either take a loan or you've got to sell your house, things like that. So that money is not liquid. And it means that you can't quickly convert it into cash to spend it. 
So making sure you have sufficient liquidity for your life is really good. And that's where the emergency fund comes in. Most all of our clients, we encourage them to make a, an emergency fund so they don't have to dip into a right. home mortgage right. or a longer term debt. They have enough liquidity to, to really run their life. And if you'd like to have a copy of this, we'd be more than happy to send it out to you. Like I said, if it, it may not have practical application to yourself, but for your children or grandchildren, this would be a great teaching moment. Uh, give us a call at our office. Our phone number is 951-684-7011 and just ask for the article and we'll be more than happy to send it out to you. Um, until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.